0: The Fantasy Football Beat. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Football Beat, the podcast that will never let your team die in darkness. I'm Scott Allen, and I'm regretting that I didn't heed the advice of this very podcast and pick up more stakes of... uh, Tarek Cohen this week. I'm
1: Jeff Dooley, and I have lots of regrets. That is one of them, but no regret bigger than starting Eddie Lacy in my money league this week over an injured Odell Beckham Jr. I I should not be giving anybody fantasy advice right now.
0: Just brutal. So if you're new here, this is the first Sunday show of the week, and it's a little bit different than what you'll hear on Wednesday. We'll go game by game with some quick hitters, some standout performers, and maybe a little bit of waiver wire advice to get you through the next few days before Jeff, Des, and Mike join you again for a full fantasy football beat on Wednesday. So I mentioned Tarek Cohen. Let's start with that Bears game. The Falcons held yeah, on for, for a 23-17 to win. But what jumped out to me as a big Jordan Howard owner is that Tarek Cohen, the rookie out of North Carolina ANT. He outtouched him, outperformed him. Is this something for Howard owners to be concerned about going forward? I don't think I don't think Howard owners need to
1: be concerned, at least not yet. I think where you're seeing Cohen's uh, value is, and absolutely put him at the top of your waiver wire uh, pickup yeah. lists. Uh, definitely in PPR leagues, I think probably standard leagues too. Um, he has to be on your radar. Uh, You know, they used him as like a wildcat quarterback, sort of facilitating with Jordan Howard in the backfield. But he was really their go to underneath pass catcher. They sort of used him um, in that underneath range, most targeted. Uh, player on the Bears this week, twelve targets, six more than the next highest on the team. So clearly, he is a receiver they want to use yeah. often in that capacity.
0: If he's there, I'd say number one with a bullet for your uh, for your waiver wire pickups. Absolutely. You mentioned Lacey Let's go to Seattle and, and Green Bay. The Packers won seventeen to nine. Seattle looked dreadful on offense. Poor pass protection. That running game struggled. Chris Carson, though the the number one ball carrier, there with six carries. What do you make of that Seattle backfield going forward? Probably not Eddie Lacy.
1: Yeah, I mean, it looks like we, we watched Eddie Lacy lose his starting job before our very eyes. Thomas Rawl was, was inactive um, due to injury. Uh, not sure how much longer he'll be out. Um, it could be that he's back for week two. It looks like it was pretty clear they, they identified Chris Carson as the better the better ball carrier uh, certainly over the course of that game the offense was really ugly I think an anomaly game in a lot of different ways you know they they left some plays on the field Russ Wilson missed a few throws Paul Richardson a name to monitor coming out of that game uh, he was their number two target seven targets overall four catches for 59 yards he's a really athletic guy yeah uh, has some flash plays I, I keep an eye on him I don't know if if you want to pick him up just yet, but he should definitely be on the radar.
0: Another thing that stood out to me was that Randall Cobb, the third wide receiver off the board for Green Bay in most leagues, yep. led everyone with 13 targets, nine catches for 85 yards.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. And and uh, Ty Montgomery, it look, looked like he twisted his ankle, but he he was he was okay by the end of the game. Uh, you know that dual rushing receiving threat. He he is that in this offense so long as he's healthy.
0: One of the big injuries to watch this week, and we'll know more on on Monday. Um, in the Lions and Cardinals game, the Lions won 35-23. And the big news, David Johnson um, suffering some sort of wrist injury. X-rays were negative. He's going to get an MRI tomorrow. Yeah. So, again, we'll wait and see on that. But the standout performer, Kenny Galladay, who had a lot of hype, I feel, early in the preseason. Mm-hmm. And then by the time that I was drafting, I felt like he went undrafted in, in most leagues. So he could be another obvious waiver wire pick this week two touchdowns
1: absolutely I think it's Galladay and and Tarek Cohen are are the the top two um players to look at on the waiver wire this week uh he's a legit fantasy asset I mean four catches 69 yards two touchdowns you can't always count on that kind of production but he is that red zone target it seems for them um you know seven targets that's that's uh I think it was as much tied for second on the team uh Golden Tate was targeted more often but uh, he's clearly a factor in the Detroit passing game. I think he's he's a must-add in your leagues this week.
0: Kirk Cousins and the Redskins' offense were a fantasy goldmine last year. They're off to a rough start this year, losing to the Eagles 30-17. to Cousins didn't look good. I mean, maybe the best thing you can say for them is he was tied for the leading rusher on the Redskins with, with Robert <laughs> Kelly. He, with, with, he looks quicker than normal. I don't remember with, Kirk Cousins running that well before. With, with 30 yards, are you concerned about the chemistry between him and Terrell Pryor Sr.? Do you think they'll work it out? It didn't look great, but yeah.
1: my my takeaway is Trail Pryor is clearly the top target in that offense. That might change week to week with Jordan Reed. I think Jordan Reed had a tough matchup with Malcolm Jenkins, whereas the Eagles had a lot of questions at corner. Um, but prior, you know, only six catches for 66 yards, but 11 targets, including that deep touchdown he, sh- he should have caught. So it could have been a much higher point total. If you could possibly target him in a trade this week with a disgruntled owner, I think to do that, like, it's very clear. Cousins yeah. is looking for him early and often. What was your take on the game? You're, you're Obviously, you're, you're one of our Redskins experts here. Right. Uh, what did you make of the offense? It
0: almost felt like they were trying to show that, you know, Everyone's worried about losing Pierre Garçon and Deshaun Jackson. Look at the shiny new toy that we got in the first play yep. of the game going deep to Pryor. Um, he had a couple of bad drops. I mean, one of them would have been a touchdown that would have been called back by, by a penalty. Um, I, I've got to believe that they're going to figure it out. And, you know, Jordan Reed, I don't, I'm not convinced he's going to play 16 games. So yep. I think Pryor, yeah, by low is probably some good, vi- good advice after week one.
1: Yeah, I think so. I was looking on the other side as well. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey again, similar situation that he's uh, he's he's a one-year contract player, but new to the offense this year. Clearly, they were trying to get him the ball. Didn't really have that breakthrough success, but I think that's going to come as well. He's another yep. guy who, if you if you drafted him, you probably weren't too happy about him in your starting lineup today. But I wouldn't give up yet. I think both of these guys have high upsides uh, throughout the season. Obviously, the talents there.
0: Yeah. Cousins looked like freaking Joe Montana compared to Andy Dalton today. <laughs> the Bengals of offense losing 20 Woof. to nothing at home to the Ravens. Um, injury story there, Danny Woodhead of the Ravens out with a hamstring injury. Yeah. Um, but offensively for the Bengals, I mean, there was a lot of question, a lot of question about whether to start Joe Mixon. Um, he had eight carries for nine yards. Uh, Do you think a performance like this, I mean, not solid for him, but a poor performance offensively for the Bengals, are his touches likely to go up going forward? Should you buy stock in Joe Mixon?
1: Well, it can't get worse than what it was. <laughs> I think if you if Joe Mixon's on your team, you probably spent a third or fourth round draft pick. So right. you, this is sort of unacceptable from that uh, that vantage point. The offensive line is a big concern in Cincinnati. That's always been a strength for them. Um, they lost two key guys in free agency, and they've got some young players in there, and, and it did not go well. That's a good uh, Ravens defense, we think. It's week yeah. one. We don't really know. Um, it could just have been a, a fluky sort of situation. Um it, I would imagine it gets a little bit better, but I'm not buying low on Mixon, I'll put it that way. I think there's too many question marks on that offense.
0: Bills beat the Jets 21 to 12, and everyone knows the Jets are gonna struggle this year. Fantasy-wise, I think, people thought that they'd get at least something out of Bilal Powell. That wasn't the case in week one. 39 total yards, including five catches. What do you get from this game in terms of Powell's production, then also Zay Jones, another hyped rookie, uh, only one catch on four targets?
1: Yeah, I was one of those doing the hyping on uh, Zay Jones. Uh, This this was a weird game. Uh, Two teams that I I don't think are going to be very good this year, Um, sort of sorting through the weapons. Um, Among the Bills pass catchers, there's a lot of question marks. I mean, is it you know, Jordan Matthews had two catches for 61 yards, so he looked good. But it's you know even that's not a particularly strong game. Charles Clay is sort of a sneaky, right. uh, you know, tight end waiver wire pickup, maybe four catches for 53 yards and a touchdown, nine targets. So clearly, Tyrod was going after him. Um, maybe the initial advice uh, on on the Jets don't draft any of them would have been <laughs> correct. I mean Matt Forte, Bilal Powell, uh, not much uh, to show for it. So I think you probably hang with uh, with those two guys a little bit longer. Um, and, and see if they sort it out. But not, not a lot of reason for optimism.
0: Yeah, I was hyping up Robbie Anderson as a sneaky late receiver pick. I remember and, that. <laughs> and Jermaine Curse winds up with nobody drafted Jermaine Curse seven catches for 59 yards. Uh, Steelers-Browns, the Steelers won 21-18. to Antonio Brown did Antonio Brown things with 11 catches for 182 yards. But you mentioned maybe sneaky tight end picks. This might not be as sneaky because he scored two touchdowns, but Jesse James, another name that probably wasn't drafted um, by many people except in in very deep leagues. Is this one of those you're going to see him most added tight end and then he's going to score like two points next week, or do you think there's potential for him as a red zone threat?
1: I do think there's potential. I mean, eight targets, obviously, they were were looking at him. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger was quite a bit. Uh, But this was another kind of a weird game. Martavis Bryant. Uh, two catches for 14 yards on six targets, uh, so well below what you'd expect out of him. Le'Veon Bell sort of laid an egg in this one: 10 carries, 32 yards, three catches for 15 yards on six targets, uh, zero touchdowns. You know, that's probably just a fluke. Still disappointing. Maybe some of the chemistry of not having been with the team until the last week or so, you know, it does actually matter in the early going. Um, it could have been. It's just kind of a weird game, and and we'll see this stuff sorted out. But I do think. Jesse James should be on your radar if, if you're not happy with your your tight end situation, maybe go after him. But I would say general waiver wire advice: get as many of these running back and wide receiver, the high upside types we've talked about. Kenny Galladay, Tarek Cohen. We'll have a few others we get to. Uh, those are guys you want on your team.
0: The Jaguars are one and zero. I repeat, the Jaguars are one and zero after dominating the Texans, twenty nine to seven. First place. Yeah, first place, first time over five hundred in I think four years or something. <laughs> something that, that's ridiculous. That's incredible. Leonard Fournette. Uh, 26 carries for 100 yards the rookie looked pretty good and it looks like the offense is gonna go through him and maybe even more so now that Allen Robinson looks like he could be lost for the season with an ACL Um, the other big story from this game Jeff Deshaun Watson replaces tom savage the first qb benched in in 2017 how do you think that affects the the texans offense going forward that took a while right uh i (laughs) think they haven't they
1: haven't named a starter yet at least as of sunday night when we're recording this they haven't named a starter they play against cincinnati on thursday so they got a very quick turnaround here uh i I think it's only going to improve the offense to have watson in there even if there's um from a fantasy standpoint Even if there's some growing pain, some turnovers, I do think there's going to be more opportunities for guys like uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who was targeted 16 times in this game, seven catches for 55 yards and a touchdown. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of high volume there. Um, And I think it's better for Lamar Miller as well, who is still clearly their number one back. Dante Foreman had one carry in this game. Uh, So Lamar Miller is still a fantasy starter at running back. Uh, Watson did enough to sort of intrigue you that maybe he's somebody you, you want to you know take a flyer on. Uh, let's see if he's actually starting first because inexplicably right. <laughs> they seem to continue to want to go with Tom Savage. But at least there was some signs of life when Watson was in there.
0: The Raiders beat the Texans 26-16 to 16 and Beast Mode shook off the rust with 18 carries for 76 yards. Amari Cooper off to a good start. I think there was some concern if, if you draft Cooper you had to look at the touchdown totals last year and wonder if Michael Crabtree was going to you know, take most of those red zone chances again. But Cooper starts the, the year off with a red zone touchdown catch among his six catches for 62 yards. Do you think those two guys, Lynch and Cooper, by the end of the year, I mean, are each of them going to be, is Lynch kind of lower end RB1 and, and Cooper lower end or even upper tier Wide receiver, one for teams.
1: Yeah, I think you know. I think it was a good. It was a good start for Lynch. He's running behind a really good offensive line in Oakland. Uh, I've been pretty bullish on his his uh, fantasy prospects, and this was a solid start. Uh, you you wish you would see a touchdown. He's he's clearly their number one guy there. So if he stays healthy, there's going to be opportunity. Uh, Cooper, that was a really imp- uh, impressive uh, run after the catch. He got, again, got a boost from that offensive line yeah. uh, after he was already stopped. They sort of pushed him into the end zone there. Uh, 13 targets to seven from Crabtree. I think, I think that's a realistic expectation. There might be games when that's flipped, but I think Cooper's clearly, you know, he's the number one. Uh, there's some more athleticism, more explosiveness there. Uh, so I, I do, I agree with your assessment. I think sort of back end RB1, uh, uh, upper tier RB2 for Lynch. And you know Cooper, I think he's I think he's a wide receiver one this year. Uh, maybe not that mm-hmm. elite status because there's still there's there's a split there. Crabtree's still going to get plenty of targets, but a good good start for this offense.
0: Another surprising score out in Los Angeles, where the Rams in Sean McVay's debut um, just obliterate the Colts, forty six to nine. And if you invested in Cooper Cup, and I know he's been talked up a lot on this on this podcast and elsewhere, yep. you're off to a good start. Four catches for seventy six yards and a touchdown, but. Is the story here maybe you want to start anybody against the Colts' offense until Andrew Luck comes back? I mean, Scott Tolzien was awful. Jacoby Brissett, who knows? He may be the starter next week in yeah. in Indianapolis against the Cardinals. Um, but if you own any Colts' pass catchers, Moncrief or Hilton or even tight end Jack Doyle, you've got to be really worried after week one, I think.
1: Yeah, that that was just. If you're a Colts fan, I I feel for you. <laughs> that that was just brutal all the way around. Um, I think it, you, I think Hilton is still a starter until further notice. Just uh, you know, he, he had three catches for 57 yards and seven targets. Uh, he's he's got that elite level talent where I think you start him. But let's talk after next week because it, it could still continue to be an issue. Uh, reports that Luck won't be back till October at the right. earliest. Um, I think Frank Gore you have have to downgrade Jack Doyle I don't know if he's a starting tight end until luck is back Um, so it's a tough situation the Rams this was a really interesting game if you're a Todd Gurley owner you have to be feeling pretty good Uh, especially the way he got in on the passing game five catches for 56 yards on six targets he also had a rushing touchdown um, and you mentioned Cooper Cup. We were calling him Connor Cup when we were talking about him, so I don't know if we get full credit, uh, but at least half credit for Mike Hume for uh, pointing him out. He's another guy you can probably get him off your waiver wire in a lot of leagues, so he yeah. needs to be towards the top of the list. Um, he they, uh, Four catches for 76 yards and a touchdown on six targets. Uh, Sammy Watkins, sign of life uh, in L.A. So lots of... Uh, Lots of optimistic signs in 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 L. A. However, they don't get to play the Colts every week, so right take it some of it with a grain of salt.
0: Yeah, it's that Sean McVay magic that maybe the Redskins miss a little bit, and they'll get to see him. a little bit. They'll get to see their old friend next week when they when they visit L. A. That's right. Panthers beat the 49ers twenty three to three, and I know you probably had your eyes on this one. Your boy Christian McCaffrey. I know you. you him or tried to you eyed him in a lot of drafts. I means. eyed him in a lot of
1: drafts. Finally, I got so sick of not getting him. <laughs> I reached for him in the Washington Post League. right? Uh, not a bad debut. Uh, 13 carries 47 yards, five catches for 38 yards and seven targets. I think he's gonna have a pretty high floor every week. It's very clear they want to get him involved. The, the, the variable with him is gonna be touchdowns. Um, so if you're if you're using him as an RB1 like I am and I think like a lot of owners yeah. are um, who drafted him that high, you maybe have a little bit of concern seeing how uh, how prevalent Jonathan Stewart still is in that offense, but I think it was it was a strong debut for him. Uh, and it was again, it was kind of a weird game. Panthers were clearly superior to the Niners, so uh, the the big question for me was Cam Newton: Is he a fantasy starting quarterback in this new era where the Panthers don't want him to get hit and they don't want him running? Yeah, uh, because he he did not seem like his normal self.
0: This this game's a couple of days old, but we'd be remiss if we did not discuss uh, the wondrous Kareem Hunt, whose NFL debut record, Unreal. 246 yards and three touchdowns, sent the the fantasy world ablaze. And because it's a few days old, let's come at this from a maybe a, a different angle coming into to Monday and waiver claims. Is there any? I, I don't know if you own Hunt in any leagues, Jeff. But no, it, I don't. Is there? Oh, I'm sorry. I'd be a much happier person. I, I haven't a couple. If I had. But I'm wonder, part of me wonders, after seeing what happened today with some other guys that I thought would perform that didn't, if you might try to flip them now for someone who wants every piece of that Kareem Hunt for maybe a couple of, of solid starters or more. It's one of
1: those things where... I- I think you're probably right. It's fair to say that he just had his best game of the season, possibly by far his best game of the season. I think you could say that for Alex Smith and maybe not Tyree Kill, but one of the better games he's going to have all year long. That was just a powerhouse performance from them. But some of those things are not sustainable. 78-yard bombs to running backs out of the backfield, that doesn't happen uh, in in NFL football most of the time. So I do think if you, you know, if, if you are a Kareem Hunt owner, you know, I would applaud you if you go to Le'Veon Bell's owner and offer a straight-up trade and, and get him to bite <laughs> on him. Because I do think over the rest of the season, Le'Veon Bell is a much better fantasy asset than, right. than Kareem Hunt. Maybe the gap isn't that big, but I do think, you know, if, if there was ever a time to sell high, it's after that game because it yeah. was an unbelievable performance.
0: And it, it definitely changes that sort of offer in, in a keeper league maybe a little bit. Right. Um, and I think there are people who just love the next big thing. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of Anquan Bolden's debut. I think he had over 200 yards as a rookie and multiple touchdowns. And, I mean, nobody owned him. Like, right. Um, and then he had a solid rookie season, but it wasn't record-setting like that, that first game would suggest.
1: Exactly. The, the other guy in that game, uh, Mike Gillislee, uh, he had three rushing touchdowns for the Patriots, 15 carries for 45 yards. Uh, I've got him in some leagues. He, he was on my bench. Yeah. Um, uh, so Sorry, he wasn't Jeff. doing much good there. Uh, but I do think uh, he's an intriguing guy. Three rushing touchdowns a game. That's not always going to happen. It was very clear he was their short yardage one. A lot to still figure out about that Patriots offense, though, post-Julian Edelman injury. Uh, Danny Amendola is another guy you should have sort of on, on look on your waiver wire. He's, he's not owned in a lot of leagues, um, and it looks like he was getting a lot of that Edelman uh, workload. Um, it was distributed a bunch bu- among a bunch of guys, but amandola is an intriguing waiver wire ad this week.
0: We've got uh, one more game tonight, the Giants and Cowboys, and then two Monday night games. The guys will get you caught up on all of that action on, on Wednesday on the fantasy football beat and a reminder you can go to the Washingtonpost.com and check out all of our great fantasy content and you know check out more waiver wire advice there. I know Neil Greenberg had some advice for running backs to possibly replace. Danny Woodhead, and you might need some replacement for David Johnson come and, tomorrow. So. And
1: Yeah, David Johnson, much much bigger loss. Yes. Danny Woodhead, I've got him as my running back in the same league as Christian McCaffrey. So I'm sweating that out Oof. a little bit.
0: Any final thoughts, Jeff?
1: I don't think so. I think sort of uh, one other guy I will mention. I don't think he's on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues, but Corey Davis of the Titans, we'd be remiss if we didn't point him out. Uh, six catches for 66 yards, but he led the team in targets with yeah. 10. Very clear. They're going to get him involved. Um, you know, number five overall pick. Those us, those guys with that type of draft pedigree usually get a heavy volume. So he's another one. If he's available in your league, go get him. Maybe even a potential uh, trade target. Uh, I think he's going to have a, a bigger year than maybe uh, we were projecting him for.
0: because yeah, you're probably not going to be able to get those. Everyone in every league, you're not going to be able to get those top three you know, a Galladay or a Tariq Cohen or even Cooper Cup Corey right. Davis may be more likely available on, on the wire.
1: It, it could be. And and if, it, if it's Scott Allen's team, you're prioritizing <laughs> Cohen.
0: I already know. You heard it here first. Uh, reminder to sub- subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You can follow us on Stitcher and never be afraid to reach out on Twitter. I'm at Scott S. Allen. I'm at Jeff Dooley underscore. Thanks for listening. Get those waiver claims in.